This is Thursday, August 26th. I'm Robert Walker, and welcome to the Honest Report podcast. It seems that for anti-Semites, there is never an opportunity to be passed up when it comes to spreading hatred against Jews. One might think that with all the pressing news items taking place right now, such as turmoil in Afghanistan with the Taliban taking over the country, the COVID-19 pandemic, crime, climate change, the federal election, the economy, that Jew hatred would finally take a back seat, even for a little while. But unfortunately, one would be wrong. Just in the last two weeks alone, there have been a rash of anti-Semitic graffiti incidents in both the greater Toronto area and in Montreal as well, with a frequency that is making politicians at even the highest level sit up and take notice. First, a billboard at the corner of Dufferin and College Streets in downtown Toronto were vandalized with anti-Semitic graffiti. The signs, part of an initiative by a group called the United Grassroots Movement, were part of a bus stop advertisement across the city and read hashtag no hate against Jews against a blue background. That was it. No image, no other text other than the United Grassroots Movement logo, which is a Star of David. Nothing connected to Israel. But the sign was nonetheless vandalized with the words Free Palestine and, quote, Zionists aren't Jews. What is remarkable about this incident is that the signs purposefully said nothing about Israel or Zionism, merely opposing Jew hatred. But for the vandal or vandals who deface the sign, Jews and Israel are interchangeable. And that means speaking out against anti-Semitic hate is little more than an invitation for more of it. It is also a sign that those who seek to defame and delegitimize Israel may put on a facade that their opposition to Israel is political in nature, but incidents like this show that ultimately the opposition to Israel's existence is because the country is Jewish, nothing more and nothing less. As Sam Eskenazi of La'ad Canada, one of the organizers of the bus stop advertising campaign, told supporters in an email, quote, many detractors of Israel consistently claim They have no issues with Jews, but are simply opposed to Zionism and those Zionists who support it. If this were the case, why vandalize an advertisement that makes no mention of Israel or Zionism, just Jews, with anti-Zionist and anti-Israel messaging? The bus drop graffiti, unfortunately, was far from the only incident of its kind in recent weeks. Beth Shalom Synagogue, a prominent institution in Midtown Toronto, was vandalized only days later with one of the most hateful and chilling symbols for Jews in the modern era, a swastika. Toronto police are investigating, with grainy images of a suspect being reviewed, and political figures soon spoke out in support of the Jewish community and against a hate crime, including Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Conservative Party leader Aaron O'Toole, Ontario Premier Doug Ford, and Toronto Mayor John Tory. And while those are indeed positive and even comforting messages to receive, the reality remains the same, that hatred against Jews has not disappeared, nor has it even taken a day off. Rabbi Aaron Flainsreich, the rabbi of Beth Shalom Synagogue, wrote recently in a public statement in response to the graffiti that the impact of the vandalism will remain for a long time. Quote, As the police swiftly responded and our collective shock settled, We realize that this is far from being done, he wrote. Long after the offensive images are removed, we will be left with the memory and message of it. Anti-Semitism is not something distant. 
And just in case the Jewish community needed more reminding, there was more graffiti reported on election signs, just as the federal election campaign was kicking into high gear. Signs were defaced with swastikas in Montreal on those belonging to prominent Jewish members of Parliament Anthony Housefather and Rachel Ben-Dayan. And in the greater Toronto area, about a dozen signs in the towns of Aurora and Richmond Hill were also defaced with swastikas and the word Nazis. Here in Canada, Jews represent the number one targeted group for hate crimes, according to Statistics Canada report from earlier this year. And as a harrowing of fact that that is, it is hardly an anomaly in the Western world either. In the United States, FBI data shows that Jews are more than two and a half times more likely than blacks and 2.2 times more likely than Muslims to be victim of hate crimes as well. Put another way, even though Jews in the United States represent about 1.5% of the overall population, they represent more than 60% of all religiously motivated hate crimes, including violent ones, such as a machete attack at a Hanukkah party outside New York City in 2019, which killed someone, and shootings at synagogue in Pittsburgh and San Diego. So in a world where anti-Semitic attacks can often manifest as physical assaults, as Jews in countries like the United States and France have witnessed and unfortunately learned in recent years, it can be easy to dismiss graffiti as inconsequential and harmless. After all, with a quick power wash, it is as close to a victimless crime as one can get compared to, say, a physical assault. But to take that approach would be to look at graffiti as an isolated incident and not as part of a much larger campaign, be it organized or not, of hatred against Jews. Anti-Semitism, just like a cancerous tumor, becomes more dangerous with time, particularly if left unaddressed and allowed to grow and fester. What is a small, only slightly bothersome bump can quickly become life-threatening. And so too a small, only minimally irritating act of vandalism, if tolerated or overlooked, can quickly become a stepping, to- stepping stone to more anti-Semitic acts, and more dangerous ones too. Less than a month ago, Sam Brody, a Jewish man who wears a yarmulke and lives near Young and Eglinton in Midtown Toronto, was physically attacked while walking down the street at 9 o'clock in the morning. He was walking his dog and saw a man coming closer to him. Quote, as we saw him, he stopped and body-checked me into the fence here. I fell down to the ground. Brody told CTV News in an interview afterwards. This message to the wider non-Jewish community in the face of anti-Semitic graffiti vandalism is clear. To stand with the Jewish community when such hatred rears its head and to speak clearly and powerfully against it. It also means to forcefully prosecute perpetrators of such incidents and to ensure that Jewish institutions are properly protected. But there is also a hidden message, often missed, that should be picked up by the Jewish community and wider society alike. And that message was found, perhaps more than any other incident, in the bus stop signs discussed earlier. And that message is, today the campaign to deny the Jewish people the right to self-determination in their historic homeland has cloaked itself, unfortunately with a significant degree of success, as a purely political disagreement. In other words, It is perfectly acceptable to deny Jews the right that all other peoples have, regardless of the Jewish people's tie to the land and the persecution that the Jewish people have endured. But as was made clear in the bus stop vandalism, sometimes that mask slips and the true agenda is made clear. And so the lesson is that the Jewish community, 
nor society at large, can allow itself to be fooled and hoodwinked into thinking that there is a clear line delineating anti-Semitism, such as belonging to the neo-Nazi movement, and more oblique anti-Semitism, such as belonging to Islamist extremism or the BDS boycott, divestment, sanctions movement against Israel. They may look and sound different, and they may have different micro goals, but both groups have the same big picture mission, the destruction of Jewish life, whether in Israel or the diaspora. And combating that lie that anti-Semitism is wrong while anti-Zionism is acceptable is a far tougher order than speaking out against swastikas and neo-Nazi imagery alone. Because while nobody in polite society today would claim that overt Jew hatred is right or acceptable, there are indeed voices in mainstream society who claim that anti-Zionism, the refusal to give collective rights to the Jewish people, is not only perfectly acceptable, but in fact morally right and indeed just. And as harrowing and as frightening as the recent headlines are, they do have a silver lining and a hidden message. Anti-Semitism is as old as time itself and will not go away without a fight, even as it morphs and tries to hide behind a veneer and a facade of anti-Zionism. Fighting that battle, then, is incumbent on every self-respecting member of society, Jewish and non-Jewish member alike. And that's today's edition of the Honest Report podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our alerts, subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and if you like what you heard, please consider making a donation to support our continued efforts. You can donate online at www.honestreporting.ca slash donate. And until next time, thank you so much for listening.